Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Alexei Hai. Alexei has worked with clients such as Rolling Stone, Esquire, Elle, and Glamour, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Alexei about some of his photographic influences, personal projects, as well as his approach to portraiture. Alexei is someone who brings a wealth of knowledge and experience in the photo game and has a true appreciation for the craft and history. So I was really excited to get a chance to speak with him about his photographic journey. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. I now welcome on Alexei. Hi. Uh, Alexei, how you doing, man? I'm excited to talk to you. It's been a crazy year, dude. Uh, how you hanging in there? Living large, Alex. Yeah. Yep. Have you been shooting? Have you been <laughs> and for everybody listening if you're watching alexi had had a had some hat options he, he switched his hat before the interview so now you got you got your interview hat on now yeah I'm, i could have a costume change mid interview <laughs> no, I, I, like <laughs> I like it man i can't uh, see yours alex is that an indians cleveland indians my uh, eyes no, it's like a throwback. It's the Rochester Red Wings, which is like a baseball team. I think like in the early 1900s, it's just like a throwback hat. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I'm, that's out of my, I'm out of my league. Me too. I, I just, I just like the logo. So I bought it. I don't really know much about it. Uh-huh. Like uh, but uh, yeah, man, I was excited to talk to you. Like I've seen your work around for years and uh, I guess like, what have you been working on lately, man? Like, I know it's kind of been a crazy year with the pandemic and everything, um, but have you still been able to work and kind of shoot or how's this kind of photography life been for you, I guess? Well, right now I'm working on a lookbook for my wife. Okay. I just, I'm for my wife and the lookbook is a cookbook. So it's women wearing her clothes in their kitchens with, uh, you know, giving recipes and, and things that they're making at home during, while they're, while they're in going through this. That's cool, man. Is is you, yeah. do you and your wife collaborate a lot? I know you mentioned your wife was a, a fashion designer. Um, is that you guys kind of work a lot on projects? You could call it collaborate, but I think it's just I just work for her. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. It's I really I really feel like my whole career was just preparation to be able to understand someone like her, and yeah. it is the most inspired. It's the best work that I've the most purposeful work that I ever did. And even something like a lookbook, it just has, you know, people spend more time at home, the food, all the, all the women. It's just, a, it's an amazing thing to end up going into all these people's strange, total strangers houses mm. into their most sort of interior spot, the kitchen where everything gets made, goes inside them and sustains them. You just walk in and all of a sudden you're right in, in it with them and you have about 20 minutes and you're like smelling what they make. And it's, it's like all the family. It's, it's just kind of, it's kind of amazing. That's interesting. So who picks like, so each of the subjects, you, so your wife is doing the clothes and then do they pick like a, like a meal that they're preparing or like who decides what food's going to be in the pit? Yeah, I think it's up to, I think it's up to the, I, my wife let them pick whatever they, but it's strangely, if there are no like family recipes everybody's kind of, it all just looks like food from when I was a bachelor or a college. It's like nobody's doing any, and people are cooking more. So they're way more accomplished as cooks. Yeah. 
in general and they're like hungrier too right it's like people aren't doing they aren't indulging in anything other than like food and drink so it's like their their appetite for food has gotten like sophisticated and and like forbidding so it's there's a lot there's a lot in that goes into the food are you more, so, are you are you more of a cook no 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 but i'm a big eater I mean, all I'm, right man what you're yeah. you're you're in the right city for food man new york you guys got that's the only that's the only thing i'm jealous of is the food in new york otherwise i'm i'm sticking out here in the burbs man but i'm jealous of all the food you guys got out there yeah yeah but you know we haven't nobody's been in a restaurant i mean i've i've been in to no i guess i started to go but it was like man eight months of no restaurants that was crazy pants yeah man same i haven't been to one yet um but i noticed i was looking at your instagram during this whole pandemic you've been doing like uh you've been setting up a little studio out in the square just doing like uh portraits of people and i think i think uh i think it was like you said like 50 bucks or a donation and it all goes to the ny food bank um I guess mm-hmm. what what made you kind of start doing that, and how's it kind of been this kind of setting up in Union Square? Yeah, man, my wife just wanted me out of the house, <laughs> and then and then it got worse, and she was like, "You should just go stand in the park." Yeah, and that was the idea, really. But it, and it was no, but it was like when she said that, I thought, well, that makes sense. Actually, everything's happening. All of this, it was summertime. It was like everything was happening in the streets. People were selling. All the action was out on the streets. Mm-hmm. There was something, something like really seductive about going standing out in the park like one of those musicians. What was the word that I learned that when you're a musician playing on the street, you're for, uh, there's a word for it. I don't know. It escapes me. Anyway, but it was yeah, it was like just standing in the park, and people would come up, total strangers, and they'd take their masks off. And it was just, you know, that's that's what photography is about, especially after we'd had masks on for so long to, to be able to have a, a safe space where people could do that and just a free engagement with an, a total stranger in a, in a nice way was such a such a welcome thing for me and for other people. So it was it was it was good. It was fun to do. And, you know, the, the remarkable thing about that project was that you know, we have so many preconceptions about people according to their clothing. You know, as soon as you know what's, what kind of shirt somebody wears or what kind of the way they wear their hair, you already kind of know where they come from economically, ethnically. There's just, you kind of know what they're going to say. But I don't know, when someone takes their mask off and you look in their face, it's, there is no politics to that. There's nothing... There's nothing, it's always mind blowing, a face when you really look at somebody's face. So yeah, it was good. It definitely was really fun to do after after being cooped up. Are you like someone, obviously you do like a lot of assignment work, you do for Rolling Stone, um, Glamour, you do commercial work, but are you like the type of photographer that always just kind of needs like a little side project you're always kind of working on or does it just kind of come when, when the inspiration hits or how do those projects usually come about for you? Yeah, man, I have, I mean, I've never, I've never finished a side project, but I always have a side project. I'm sure at the end, there's some big book of just all these failed side projects. Do you, do you, I looked at your stuff too, man. That's, 
the, all the baseball stuff and the Cuba stuff. Oh, thank you. Did you go to Cuba because of the baseball? No, nah, I, you... I didn't even shoot. Uh, the baseball was in Cape Cod. Um, I wanted to go shoot baseball in Cuba, but when I was there, um, the season wasn't going on. So I went down there with my friend because um, I grew up skateboarding and uh, they kind of work with this nonprofit called Cuba Skate which basically helps all the local skaters in Cuba get skateboards and shoes and wheels because with the embargo, they can't get it. So I just went down there for a week and just kind of shot the skaters and then some yeah. local local people and stuff. But it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That looks cool. Yeah, man. And I saw with the, the Union Square portraits, you were shooting it all four by five. Uh, mm-hmm. are, you shoot, are you still shooting mostly like film for even your editorial work these days or? Whenever I can, and I don't know what the reason is. I mean, it's just there's so many different ways of talking about it. But yeah, you know, I'm I. It's like a. It's almost like a faith based thing. I just believe in in film. It might be because I'm already so invested in it over the years that I'm just mm-hmm. wary of the new stuff. But I I think that it's there's something special about you know anything digital is just it's like digital media. There's so much of it, infinite feeds, infinite information, and you never really get to absorb any of it. Yeah. And it's the same thing when you do things with a digital camera, you can shoot endlessly, but you never get the picture. So it's like our minds were made to deal with finite parcels of things. And it's like, there's something about having a role, knowing you have to get it within that role. And right now, even without Polaroid, it's even more focused. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, definitely. I believe in the process and also just the magic of, of grain and, you know, all that stuff. I love it. Yeah, man. I still, it's, it's been interesting to see like films have been getting like, like almost like more popular than ever. Like I see more and more people shooting film lately, which is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, but it's good, man. I still, I still got my good old Hasselblad back here, man. I still bring, I bring that thing out, man. It's a good time, dude. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at your Instagram, man. You, I think it said like 10 years ago, you built a large format uh, slit camera. Um, maybe you could describe for people listening. I actually had to research. I had never seen a slit camera, um, but what made you kind of want to build one of those, I guess? Oh, wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it was like uh, you and another photographer, I think it said on your Instagram. Yeah, this, this, this guy, Donald, it was a... a an amazing camera inventor kind of Mm -hmm. fabricator. And basically it's, if you remember those pictures of uh, Lartigue of, Oh, hold on. My battery's low. Let me just plug it in. No, you're good. Um, Okay. Those pictures of Lartigue with the the race car where Mm -hmm. the car is actually like, looks like it's bending with the speed. Yep. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, definitely. It's fa- yeah, it's a famous <laughs> picture. So, so that was taken with like a Graflex where the shutter is not like one of our leaf shutters that we're so used to. It's just a slit that goes across the plane of the the film the film plane. So I think this is one of them. You did a picture of Beck. That's with the slit camera, right? Oh, wow. Look at you. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's... So that's like a slit camera. Mm. And I was into the idea of, yeah, just a complete, like, you know, you're, you're almost making material time. Like you, you fo- you're photographing one place over 
five seconds and that's the it's almost like some weird way of materializing time itself i don't know whatever i mean initially that stuff was used for horse races yeah which i thought was really funky like you can actually you can actually see the, the slit in the camera was lined up with the finish line and they would spool the film across that slit at a at a pace i guess conquering to the speed of the horses and that would be a a, a a more accurate way of telling who finished the race first but of course the spatial relations of the horses were not real they were all dependent on like a temporal and as whatever it's complicated stuff but i thought if you could photograph passers-by like on the street photography, like take the tradition of street photography mm-hmm. and instead of doing it on a, on a, about a, a place, it's more just about some weird abstraction of place into just pure time and just have weird, uh, just have, you know, pedestrians walk by a slit and see if you could have them captured. It didn't work, but there were some, some pretty wild like accidents. Yeah. But that's like the fun of it. Cause even like, I mean, you've been doing photography a long time, like is it what kind of keeps you interested in doing this and are you are you still just kind of like fucking around with new stuff every year just to see what happens with like stuff like that or like how do you kind of what kind of keeps you interested in it you think yeah i mean it's weird you say it because there i guess there always is some kind of like side project that is process heavy mm-hmm. like, you know recently i've been i've been playing with this 2024 camera where it's just and I always like, you know, I, when I started, I gravitated towards big cameras because it was like a, it was almost like overcompensating for like not knowing anything. You just want to show everybody you got the big camera. <laughs> but um, so I'm going, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going back to that at a moment of insecurity, but the 2024 is this, you know, the way it renders detail is, is so, it's so insane especially at a time when digital photography, you know, it's getting almost too detailed. It's so beyond accurate, but it's a different kind of precision. Yeah. It's like, I always tell people like with the, so I, I haven't, I shot the Sony one time, those new cameras and they're like so sharp. Like, I don't know if you ever remember when uh, like Blu-rays came out, like, Mm -hmm. I couldn't watch Blu-ray movies because it was like too sharp and it almost like gave me a headache because it like seemed too ultra real. And it's like yeah. with some of the new Sony cameras, I use my friends and I was like, man, this is like way too sharp, man. It's like giving yeah. me a headache. Yeah. You got to find a way to like dull it down or do something. And yeah. E- even scanning film, I find is almost too, it's, it's bringing out, it, it's almost interpolating some other thing that's not there. Like when you make a regular print from film, yeah. it's never that kind of like crunchy. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting time for that. But yes, yeah, so 2024 camera, let me think what else. I got lost in, a, in an abyss of infrared film, like testing, shooting, and I was, I, I, I really went down a rabbit hole for years and it was, it came down to the fact that I was trying to capture people's venal uh, system, like their veins through their skin. And, you know, like it was, a, it was an application for that film early on mm-hmm. by doctors to study like blood flow problems. And I got, I got totally obsessed that this was a way that I could see through people and see there some kind of like 
you know, other, other energy emanating from them or something. And, you know, certain skin types, certain types of physiological, um, it would show up better on certain people than others. Yeah. But it, in the end, it was really just no matter how much I practiced or did detest, at the end, I realized it was all just determined by blood sugar. Like if you get somebody a Coca-Cola or you get them drunk or something like that. So here it's, we go, babe. I got a Coke man. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, you can do it with infrared cameras, um, with digital cameras. They are, they're all infrared sensitive. Yeah. You could take your shirt off right now. I wonder if I could jerry rig the. <laughs> the, the, the I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it is interesting. Did you ever mess with the, uh, I shot with, uh, Kodak made a, a color infrared slide yeah. room for a while did you mess with that one yeah so, so i stood there's a guy who can get, hip you the number to him that yeah. that's still rolling that stuff and that's that's it i mean you can the what you can see on a bot like through you know, you're really almost going through the first layer of skin mm -hmm. and so and and i got you know i got into my no one had ever done this and i was you know but it was just in the end i end it was like i ended up photographing friend of mine who is pregnant and pregnant women have twice as much blood in their bodies yeah it's kind of macabre but but you know so it's like the the results if you're going for that kind of if you're trying to show something the, the inner parts of a person that's the ultimate subject and then i just got freaked out like well, I'm, you know what is this you know and the girl liked the picture it wasn't anything horrible but i was just like oh well, photographing naked pregnant chicks this just seems wrong yeah. So I just left it alone. Yeah. No, no, that's interesting. But if man. you ever want to do, if you ever want to do, I can give you some formulas for like how to process it and everything. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, yeah, I got, I want to try to, there's a bunch of stuff I just never tried. I need to get to it. Like just fucking around with like, like, uh, glass plate stuff, like tin types. I've never right. done it, but there's, there's more resources to learn how to do it than ever. Like you can go on YouTube and shit. I just got there's a guy in Soho that does it out of his car. You oh, know? really? Yeah, it's just you can't make it any bigger, you know. It's like you like that was one one other project where I wanted to photograph the sun. I forgot what it was, but like through a pinhole, mm -hmm. and I needed like a room the size of a football field to track the sun, and the sun in a in a tin type becomes it was a palladium. Well, no, not palladium. What was it? What's the other one? What's the what's the the really intense plate? The the one that's collod oh, not collodion. Uh, uh, what I was thinking, selenium. Uh, no. Um. Anyway, whatever. It was just it was one of those things where I needed a, a room the size of a football field to enlarge a picture of the sun, like to to photograph the sun and just track that over over a certain amount of time. Cause you know, you know how you ever, you see pictures of stars, like time lapse pictures of stars, and you see the, mm -hmm. the arc, like the the rotation, but you rarely ever see that of the sun. Yeah, you know, like if you ever see a time lapse picture of the sun from down here, it's too kind bright. Because it's too bright, you, and actually, what you have to go through to filter your lens is crazy. You have to shoot it through something that's almost totally opaque yeah a lot of nd for that <laughs> oh, yeah you can hurt yourself it's i love that yeah. you just blind yourself 
Yeah, it's me. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's cool you're fucking around, man. You're like a little mad scientist over there. This fucking yeah, around. I've done that for a long time. I'm just working for my wife right now. <laughs> Dude, I, like, <laughs> hey man, hey, you're shooting some cool projects, man. You're it's working. You shot the uh, cover for New a uh, New York magazine uh, from a plane, I believe. So you know your the your wife's turn, uh, steering you in a good direction, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, those are yeah. What the, was the New, York, New York Magazine? That was super fun to do, and that that's you know the 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 whole metabolism of work has changed so much, mm-hmm. and who I work with, and I'm kind of going kind of all the old relationships I had with photo editors. You know, it's kind of like now you know who not who your friends are, but who kind of I don't know. It's, Anyway, the, the photo editor there is. Did, did you ever have a photo editor that you that the kind of like when you whenever you worked for that person, you knew it was going to be better than if you had done it by yourself, or just sometimes yeah. there are photo editors that you know make make you bring up your game. Yeah, definitely. Like the ones that are, you know, obviously. I get it because like some mag, some a lot of photos now are doing like multiple magazines. Like I got, I know one friend, she like photo edits like three different magazines. So it's like everything's just fast paced. So they don't like have the time to actually sit down with every photographer and like actually get to collaborate. But like, yeah, when you do get the chance, like I've definitely had that. Um, like I did a thing for Victory Journal, which is like this like uh, magazine in Brooklyn that comes out twice a year. But it mm-hmm. was like really interesting because I never usually it's just like half the time. I don't know about you. I don't even talk to the editors on the phone. It's just through email. Like, here's what we want. Here's what day it is. And it's never like really like a conversation at all. But with this, it was like we talked on the phone for like an hour, like multiple times about like this is what we wanted to do, like and all this. And it was just uh, it made it more fun, you know? Yeah. 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 That's that's what it should be. And I get anyway, like the photo editor there was someone I worked for like years before in the New York Times magazine. And she's just someone that's, you know, a real intense, won't take no for an answer, but at the same time, totally trusts you and knows when to just let you do your thing. Yeah. But, you know, and the weird thing is after we shot that picture from, from the plane, she told me that she was, I lived in her building like 20 years ago. And the fact that she'll still work with me after having been my neighbor is pretty, that's, but she said you, you know on on 9-11 you were walking around the halls like kind of lost and you came into my apartment to watch the tv to understand what was going on wow. and she told me this after we had just taken this other picture that was really about this this other kind of thing that all of new york had gone through and it was it was i don't know it was kind of no that that was that was the best part of that picture is that you know the realizing that we had both been through these two things together you know and 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 that she had been nice to me you know back in 9-11 that was like really yeah anyway that's that's kind of to me what what this that picture is about you know personally it's like the, the way that's what new york is about yeah you guys like been uh living there that long and been through all these things and you're still like in the photo game like the photography 
<laughs> I mean, you've been doing it longer than I have, but even like I've been doing this 12 years and it seems it just gets tougher and tougher by the year. There's like less magazines and then a lot of magazines might used to do 12 issues a year. Now they're doing six. Some are seasonal. So it's like four issues. So it's just like, yeah, it gets. I mean, you got to tell me what it what in, what's the what's the draw? Why? Why would you want to become a photographer now? Yeah. You know, it's it's like when everybody's a photographer, it's 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 an interesting thing psychologically. Like, the, like now I'm going to be a professional. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many professionals. Yeah. What keeps you doing it, man? Like, do you ever think about doing something else or like, well, I think I'm, I'm thinking more about books, you know, because books are still something that's mm-hmm. everybody can take a couple of good pictures. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the beauty of photography and cameras, but there are very few books that I still I still keep you know the books that that are forever I don't know if you can pull one of those off that's that's something that's you know I don't know I think that's for me that's what what I'd like to do do you you print any of your stuff and put them in a yeah I I still got my Epson over here and I got like a printed portfolio um never like done like a real book just just because the you gotta have a lot of money to do that. Uh, right. I like. I mean, I've done the blur. I've tried all those like online ones, like Blurb, uh, Out of Ramo Books. Uh, you, right. But they're never as good as like you know. You got the Avedon book with the Italian paper and the binding and all that. Mm-hmm. It's like another level. But yeah, man, I still print for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I. It's like, who needs another photo book, right? Unless it's unless it's something, I don't know, what are you adding to the discourse with one more, look at all the, look at all the people I shot, who I hung out with, look at all these, mm-hmm. but, but what does that mean? You know, we've all seen, we've seen everything at this point. So what, what do you, what do you have to, it's, and I think it's like, what is it, how does it relate to your life? You know, or how do you, that's what I've been kicking over how to, how to, sculpt a, a story out of a life lived or like taking pictures you know but i don't you know does that mean i have to write about it i don't know but i think that's the only thing that differentiates my pictures just that it was me and not somebody else when you think about like putting a book together like obviously you've shot all these like celebrities and stuff but that's not all you shoot like envisioning obviously yeah it's a work in progress but like do you envision this putting your personal work in a book or some of your assignment work or like what's your kind of dream vision of it at this point you think well i think you know when your life is so like your life is pretty much it's got to be totally immersed in pictures all the time right mm-hmm. so it's like there's no division between your personal life and and your professional life yep that's you know I, I work on pictures of my my family and my wife yep and then I do like the work stuff for my wife, but it's all kind of this goes together. And it also is woven into, you know, just even that story with the photo editor, Jody Kwan, what she did in 9-11 for me with this, how it came to this picture. It's all part of, it's all part of the same like fabric. Mm. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't try to, to separate, separate, but I'm running low on the battery. Hold on. Why isn't this working? Hold on. No Hold on. You're good. Sorry. It's not plugged in. Hold on. There you go. 
I like it, man. That's just adding drama to the podcast. That's just that, that was a cliffhanger right there, man. That we was a real cliffhanger. We, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. The, but the book thing is there's a lot of questions. Like, how do you what do, what do you what are you trying to say? What are you trying to why even do another book? It's yeah, I don't know. Do you collect a lot of photo books? Um yeah. Yeah, I do. I I just recently, like, when I got married, I got rid of a lot of stuff because mm. it's I don't know. a lot of space. It takes up a lot of space. You have a big <laughs> library of stuff? Not really. I have been getting more and more into it. I just got kind of some stuff back here and like some other stuff in boxes, but I have been buying more and more. I do enjoy it. Um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I mean, I was going to ask you this, actually. Like, you know, some photographers don't really look at other people's work they try to just focus on their own thing other people kind of pay attention to everything like how, how do you kind of operate do you like looking at other photographers work or do you try to just kind of focus on your own thing or mm-hmm. well by the time i was already you know asking those questions like what do you, you know how do you how do you purify your vision so you can bring out your own essence and all, i was already I'd already like corrupted my eyes, you know, and it's like, yeah, I know that they're, they're probably like, I don't know, like South America, there are religions where they believe that if you look at a dead thing, it, it sort of stains you forever. Mm-hmm. You see a dead body. And I do believe that there are things you can look at that, that have an irreversible effect. And I definitely looked at too many things. So I gave, I never really, I never tried to, I worked when I first started, I used to work for, for Bob Richardson, like Terry Richardson's father. Wow. And he, he made a point of being on a strict visual diet of nothing. There was no magazines cause it could kind of influence him or, 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 you know, somehow dilute his personal vision. And, you know, I, th- that was like one, and there were, there were all those old timer guys that, that, that were like that. There were, there were, you know, but I'm, I don't know. I, I was so omnivorous with, with image. You know, I was trying to take pictures. I was trying to take pictures from all different genres, like whether it was porn, science photography, um, like corporate portraits, and put them into fashion pictures. You know, it was almost like this big place to cannibalize everything. So I was looking, I was voracious with anything. Like I was collecting all sorts of like annual reports with like even male porn, you know, which is not my, but it was just the, that type of photography was so unusual. Yeah. And it all, it all got mixed in, but I don't know later on. I mean, there is definitely something that I think about now about, um, and I guess it's, you know, it's more of a, it comes from religion or like a spiritual orientation that you you need to like watch what you look at and that you can actually you can actually see better if you sort of control what you look at if yeah. you no definitely yeah I, I look at um i still got these like old photo albums like you know this like the cheap albums you can buy at like a like a convenience store like cvs or like walmart mm-hmm. and it's like 
you maybe you had one for your like uh as a kid growing up i used to buy those and they'd have the plastic sleeves you could put the four by five like sure. prints you yeah. got cbs and i still look at those those photos from when i was first starting i just had a point and shoot camera and i was just learning photography i honestly think i was more creative then than i am now because like i feel like once i started to make the decision like oh i want to like make this a career and try to make money from it, it you instantly start thinking differently because you like right. you said you start looking at like oh my goal is to shoot for whatever time magazine or gq and you start mm -hmm. thinking like how do i get from this point to that and then it, it almost like it makes it almost too serious sometimes it almost you overthink it i think sometimes whereas when i look at those old right. photos i was like man i was just having fun like i was just shooting random right. shit and it was just like i wasn't thinking about any commercial in in the arc of a career you're lucky if you get back if you deal with all the things that influenced you mm. the anxiety of the influence and all the people that kind of you looked up to and how they how that got like that fucked up what you did if you can work through all that stuff and get back to why you picked up a camera and why you were just what you were doing when you were just effing around that's then you've arrived then you can play and then you can kind of like feel like that's that's sort of you've achieved something there i mean and that's yeah so you should those are those are important those are kind of like the signposts those are the things that this the messages you send to yourself yeah right i think i, yeah. I yeah, definitely no it definitely just keeps it fun because like looking at you you know a lot of people like a dream about shooting like the cover of Rolling Stone. There's plenty of photographers that that could probably on their bucket list. And you, you've done that. You, I know you think you shot Howard Stern. I'm sure you shot some others. Um, did you ever view like photography? Like, were you like a competitive? Did you ever, did you ever look at view at it like that way? Or were you to, to, to get to that point or, or no? Cause I, you know, some people could, could some people could look at it as competitive industry, like, Oh man, I, if he's doing that, I want to do that. Or did you not even think like that? Mm. Well, I knew I wanted to, to cause confusion and I, I wanted to do it at a high level. I wanted to like, just mess thing. I just wanted to, there was mischief deep in my heart, <laughs> you know, but I knew that it was, I wanted to like, you know, push it into this world of there was something just so i knew that it was all a lie from the very beginning you know and that's definitely it's just i don't know man you can listen the, the greatest part of having worked with all these people is seeing that you definitely are you know interacting with people once in a while who have real talent and can sort of teach you something. But for the most part, these people throw, like they're super insecure, super sad, super, you know, they've got so many problems. And to, to be able to look into that, these all this pantheon of people that, that everybody looks up to and have that kind of like, wow, this, this, this doesn't, you know, all this stuff they have doesn't help. That was like the, the, the greatest gift of all these this life in pictures you know yeah it's interesting but, it's it's like human nature like people you just people want more or they think they want more and even photographers you do that yourself you're like whoa i'm doing quarter page but you know i want to shoot cover i want to shoot this and i'm sure like some of these like actors who in our minds are like man this guy's a fucking big time actor doing badass movies but in his mind he's like i want more 
I want to have this. So it's like, it's it's a weird like dilemma that people have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Do you think people really like? I gotta have more. I mean, I was always, I'd rather have less as long yep. as it was as it was better. You know, I don't need the sixteen pages. I just do do eight pages, but let let it all be good. You know, it's, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, listen, there were people that I looked up to. There were photographers that I looked up to that that I. I got so obsessed with their work that I just wanted to copy it. Like who, who are some of your like, uh, well, there were people like, uh, I mean, when I was just starting it, you know, I saw a book of photographs by Philip Lorca de Corsia. Yeah. Legend. 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 And you know, and, and you get to New York and you go to the, the one of the two printing labs and I was working there and I got to meet him and then I got to work for him. And of course, the, all the pictures I was taking from that time, just look like you know total pl at, at you know, we used to joke like pl at bnh prices yeah like and it's but there there's always something that i think that whenever you try to i mean i got into the you know looking at pictures by craig mcdean and taking a loop to the eyes of the prince mm-hmm. and trying to study the like the lighting configuration you know we went nuts and in the end you always you always misinterpret somebody else's work whenever you're trying to like copy them Mm -hmm. and and in a way you always arrive at something that's even if you don't mean it your own and so all that kind of and i think in photography you're allowed to do you're allowed to like just make it look like an avid you know you put somebody like those pictures in the park put somebody on a white on a white background with daylight it's you know you're you're copying avidon but still it's like you know you're walking in their footsteps but with different shoes on too it's it's i don't know i think that's something liberating about the about the the medium of photography is that this you know the demand for originality isn't there you know and i at least i never felt like that i was never i was always brazen and just totally appropriating somebody else's work it's it's tough because like so much has been done already so to like truly do something truly creative is like you know it happens sometimes but it's almost for me it's almost more like i guess finding an interesting story maybe that someone hasn't told before and you know you might use the same technical thing that avadon did or maybe that robert frank did or whatever photographer but you're telling a different story but yeah yeah it is so it is really it's like impossible to do something truly creative that hasn't been done before at this point because it's just so many or maybe i'm wrong i don't know well you know i'm i'm it's like i meet people today who don't have an idea who pl is or who even you know it's like it's just getting to that point where it's like those guys are people aren't going to remember, you know, and it, and then it's, you, you can kind of pretend you take, do the pictures like them and pretend that they're your, I don't know, there's all sorts of like those pictures in the park. No one ever said, this is just looks like dime store Avedon. I mean, which it is, you know, and it's, <laughs> no, man, they were dimes. They were good, dude. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's so formulaic, man. You put it on, put somebody in white, you use Tri-X, you push it two stops and you, it's like, done deal i get i mean the amazing thing in doing those pictures he did it eight by ten yeah and i was still having problems with like focus depth of field and daylight 
and his are flawless, man. Eight by ten, it's like a total a feat of wonder. Like it, it just begs the question of how how he was able to do that. It's and it part of it's the emulsion too. You know, back mm-hmm. then you just had more more latitude. Yeah. I mean, that's something I don't know if you noticed how like things are just they're taking the silver out of out of film. It's and paper, everything. It's yeah, it's way different. It's way different. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's still, it's, it, I mean, maybe this is like a weird analogy. It's like, there's a reason why you, you, people keep doing the Avedon look or the shooting on white is because it looks good. It's like the same reason, like, why is a bar always got a cheeseburger on the menu? Cause that cheeseburger right. hits every time, man. It ain't going to disappoint, dude. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you, you, you mass, I'd look to your pictures. You, you shoot daylight, right? You, you get it. Yeah, I shoot daylight, or if I do use strobe, it's like very like light. It's not much. It's yeah, but I've seen you use north light, right? Like reflected light. Yeah, dude, I like the Howard Stern cover you did, and you left the studio window in his sunglasses, and you could see the reflectors and stuff. Yeah, that was a, that was a whole negotiation with like the the magazine to to be able to leave the the. They wanted yeah. to, they wanted to Photoshop it black or something. Well, I mean, like the photo editor there is just up against a bunch of you know yeah I, I get I, she, she's a hero but it's yeah. like to the and it's so crazy rolling stone used to represent like the independent voice of you know like rock and roll like just this counterculture thing and it's so commercial over there now yeah and she's she's trying i think she's done a pretty amazing job like the fact that we left those those things in that's to her credit i don't no. know no i loved it man i was like it this game i like any of those weird like behind the scene it gives you like a behind the scenes of like where you were at as a, i mean as a photographer i get that stuff up i don't know if the common person like picks up on it as much but i, I love all that type of stuff you know right yeah, yeah. you're the only person that noticed <laughs> no <laughs> uh yeah because i was looking at your website you have a whole section of musicians is like photographing musicians is that something you've always kind of enjoyed or is that kind of always a goal of yours to shoot musicians or well, music was such a big part of my life when I was young. Yeah. That that's, you know, yeah, man. I mean, now I don't even listen. I'm, I'm thinking about getting a phonograph for the kids, like a phonograph, like a record player. Oh, yeah. You can get them. They have like, my brother got one for pretty cheap. They have like, they, they sell them all over the place. Right. I think yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. But I don't listen to music. I mean, that just, I used to have CDs. I used to, now, you know, whatever. The, I don't know what's what Spotify. Spotify. I mean, I can get anything and I just don't just, I don't know. I feel the same way. I'm like, it's like, uh, like, I don't know if you go on Netflix or whatever, I'll spend an hour just looking at shit and then I don't even watch anything. Like, cause I'm like, just looking at the stuff and the same thing yeah. with music. I was like, think about how crazy is that? If you were a kid in high school, like even like growing up, if you told yourself in like whatever, 20, 25 years, you are going to be in your pocket. You're going to have every fucking album that they used to sell at Tower Records or whatever record store. You'd be like, yeah, we're fucking right. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's like so crazy. But yeah, I, I take it for granted myself. Yeah, and that you wouldn't even want to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much stress, like searching through it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. But that's the way I feel about shooting digital. You know, it's like you just get it every which way and then you just don't even you don't like any of it. Do you end up like like you shot all that stuff in the Union Square, the black and white four by five? 
will you end up like printing that getting like darkroom prints made or do you just kind of scan so it? So I wor- I work like you know when I first started I was really lucky to meet meet a meet this uh who, someone who became was a printer and is David Frawley and he's kind of like one of the last great printers and I would go in like hungover to print up to his dark room and he would let me sit there and lie down on the floor usually in the he had this amazing gray, gray walls. Everything was, you know, he's extremely organized. And, you know, the lights would go down, we'd be in the yellow light and what, and I would just, I would just talk to him. And he's a great listener, but he's also a great teacher. And he, uh, so he has a dark room and I've, I end up, I'm doing a lot more printing um, just because you know, over the years I've watched him print so much, and he's allowed me to sometimes print in a corner of his dark room. But he's, yeah, I don't know. He's like the, you know, this Merlin, and I don't know, in, in out in Williamsburg, I anybody who wants prints done, at, you know, at a high level should go go speak to him. It's at the Bridge in New York City. It's called the Bridge Photographic. He's a true master. I've never, you know. The, the beauty of of all those silver processes is still something that's just you can never get sick of. Yeah, definitely. And the, and the, the guys like that, they're like a dying breed. Like the dudes that really know the craft, know the history. It's like there obviously there's still people doing, but it's fewer and far between that really have that skill set. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, p- people can keep passing that along and keep it keep it going. You know. Yeah. That we, we, you know, every every generation, we just lose a bit of, I don't know, what is it, dude? Like the know-how or like the, I don't know. It's just. I, I think, I, at least for me, like, because I think about this a lot, I feel like my attention span just gets worse and worse because it's just like the phone. That for, that for sure. But it's like if you look at rock stars today compared to the, like the, you know, everybody uses Keith Richards as like the, you know, you, we know people like from my dad's generation that are just they could just do more to themselves they're just more Rugged. they got stamina and, and they also have a more like a, a, a better sensitivity and attachment to like the physical world than we do you know like he, david's taught me so much just about light and about the shape of light all this you know no one else has that knowledge that, that i can think of that's younger i mean yeah. try to talk to a kid about shaping daylight yes (laughs) man you just get some you get some you get some black you get some four by four floppies you know you can go like that you little negative yeah little positive and it's like big bang boom man but it is a concentration you got to concentrate you kids can't do that man it's and it's subtle yeah you can you can definitely get lazy with photoshop it's just like oh i'll just fucking put another filter on it or do some right. weird composite or something like that. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Do you do any, do you do anything to prepare for a photo shoot or to like, like if you want to go into like a Spartan kind of like, I'm just going to live my life to make better pictures. Like, what would you do? Oh, how would you, you prepare? How, how would, well, like, you know, some people would say, is it by like reading photo books? Is it like what do you what do you do? I don't. What do you what do you do to? I think, I think it's just shooting more. It's like photographing more. 
and it's right. just like building because like right now this year has been the worst ever just because with the pandemic it's like because like uh i mostly just shoot portraits and a lot of it's the kind of documentary stuff there's people in their environments i haven't done any of it since besides like my assignment work i haven't done any personal work like going to people's houses to shoot photos or anything like that just to be safe i guess so it's been i've been in a rut man i feel <laughs> i feel like mm-hmm. i don't know about you but like do you, I feel like I get in a bad mood if I go a while without creating something that like I'm proud of. It doesn't have to be for yeah. time or but just something like, I mean, you know, that feeling when you finally finish like editing or printing and you got the photo on your screen or the print and you're like, all right, man, I'm pumped yeah. on that one for like, a, yeah. and it lasts maybe like 20 minutes or till the next morning. But that feeling. There's something there. I, I got to hold the print, you know, just the stuff on the screen. It's just, yeah. That, that's what's led me back to the dark room without the print it's just kind of you can't something you can hold it's just kind of meaningless yeah but yeah i don't know i mean you know in in the lobby of my apartment building i had a, a, a good friend of mine came over for dinner about two years ago and he's a photographer jason schmidt yeah another like sort of one of my mentors did i just say that weird mentor no you said mentor know. okay okay um anyway he came upstairs and he said you know there are lee friedlander pictures in your lobby and and i just you know they look so i guess it's because you look at it every day you just don't they just looks like lobby art but it's lee friedlander's pictures of of um vases of flowers oh shit and it comes from this book that and he dude he made books out of anything and this was a perfect example he he had knee surgery he was pent up in his house like we all are and he took pictures of like the flowers people sent him Mm -hmm. and it was just the vases you know and he called it stems because it was like his stems were being operated you know he, he had broken stems at the time his legs were were down and he, there he was, he couldn't move around. And he, there he's just still churning out work, a new way of looking at. Cause he needed that feeling, man. He needed that. It's like his drug, man. He like needed that, like just to do it. It's like that yeah. like sense of accomplishment or something like you're like, oh man, I did, at least for me, like, it's like, oh, I did something today. Yeah, man. It's like a bowel movement. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's man. Sense. That's like a good dump, man. Like a solid dump, man. That's <laughs> you can't go wrong with that, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's, yeah, he to me he sets the the standard for just someone who lived their life every day on a work schedule. He would go, you'd see him in, and I'd see him at photo care in the city with the, the you know the super wide around his neck, coming in with the safari jacket on, and he you know he'd shoot a certain like he was on a regiment. He'd shoot, shoot, and then process and then print every did day. You ever ta- did you ever talk to him? Never talked to him, but I think that that's kind of. Right before the pandemic hit, I was, you know, work work had really fallen off, and I was. Are we okay for time? Are you all right, dude? Am I dude, this is awesome, man. I'm having a fucking blast, dude. I can't imagine. You, you tell weird. me, I don't want to take up your time. No, dude. I, you know, I'm horrified of this. You, I, are you old enough to remember um, voice message machines? Uh, like, yeah, you know, definitely. Man, I just turned 36 last week. So you're not old enough to have had like a like one of those voice machines like for you know like if you if you're not home and you, you before like cell phone. or whatever yeah yeah we probably I, had it like when i was a kid but i wasn't like using it myself yeah i remember hearing my voice and someone's just for like leaving a message and i was just like nah, could dude. never listen to my voice again now he's we're gonna have like this 
fucking hour long like <laughs> scar. Dude, but people are gonna love it, dude. See, I used to think like that, but I was like, I don't give a fuck, dude. This is yeah, how it's I, not, I, man. This is me. This is this is you, man. This is me. <laughs> We're fucking here. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, all right. So what? So what I was saying though was before the pandemic, I, I. I took to the streets like, you know, it's like I had to tell my wife I was doing something <laughs> and I would go into Midtown like around around uh, Port Authority, which is really the most the most untainted part of New York that's still still got some grit. It's kind of like if you ever want to see a dude, hell, I tell I've said this before. Hell's waiting room is the Port Authority bust, uh, the fucking the eating area where they got the fucking uh, consent sure. dude. It is so nasty, dude. Sure, and that's that fans out like all the way up into the garment district. We used to play music on a on Thirty Eighth Street with David Fraud, the printer. He used to we used to be in a band together. It was just you know thirty like that whole part is just so you know people come in to service the rich people in in New York and then they go out and. And then there's all the stuff that just kind of just gets stuck around that, yeah, that thing there. And so I was walking around, and I gave myself the parent like certain parameters, certain like boundaries that I was going to just walk within that in that landscape at a certain time of day with the Lee Friedlander, the super wide. Do you know his, you know his work well? Like he had this one Hasselblad that was- oh, like, I know, man. Your mom, your mom shoots with one. I saw it on your Instagram. Uh, <laughs> oh, you really did your homework, huh? Yeah, it did. Yeah. The 903, man. The 903. Yes, is that what it is? No, yeah. wait, wait. No, 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 no. The 903 is the regular one, isn't it? No, that's the regular one's like the 500 series. The, the, oh, yeah. the, so it's 903. You're right. Wow. Yeah. Right on, homie. I I, got, I researched it before because I, I went through your Instagram and then I researched the camera. I've seen it before. I've never shot with it though. Okay, so I mean that camera's it's that's some shit. It's like it's an architectural camera where it's I guess it's like a thirty-eight millimeter or thirty-five. But if you were to put that on a regular Hasselblad, it wouldn't be. It would have to. It's it's kind of like modified so that you could still look through the the mirror. Yeah. But this there's no mirror. It's just stuck on. And I've ripped the, the the viewfinder off so that I could put a um, like a transmitter for the flash. Yep. So I'm basically shooting with this thing, guessing at the distance and shooting from like my heart, like heart level or like lower, but I'm not looking through the camera at all. And I just was obsessed with shooting people in the streets because I felt like this was, uh-oh. This was, yeah. What is that? Yeah, yeah that's the one you're shooting with, it. right? That's yeah, it. Super wide. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's made for architecture. It's purely like one application. When Friedlander did it for portraits, it was something that like broke down. It was like, you know, that was that was a radical thing. Mm-hmm. So the only anyway, if it, it, it's like it's a really ordinary kind of lens or perspective unless you force the unless something's really up in the foreground so i was shooting people and letting them get within two to three feet of me which is highly like it's dubious on legally like ethically like just in a lot of ways not if you talk to bruce gilden that motherfucker will be like up in their Uh, fuck you this is my sidewalk (laughs) yeah but he's also six something right i'm not 
God. Oh God. Yeah. Some, some, some woman like spat on me. I mean, I always got some, but, but I could feel like street photography was going to disappear. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it, like, I just, I felt like things were people's reactions, people's, the way people, who you could look at, who you can't like, who you could, if you can get close, it was right before me too, you know, and right before like the whole way we interact was going to change. And then it changed it even more like into the pandemic. And then with BLM and like even all the politics of who has the right to photograph in, mm-hmm. in, in the protests and all like, you know, it's, it's, it's so politicized, just the right to see things. And and I was like, I know there's something here. I got to get up in people's faces and do this thing. And it's, and so for like, I don't know, it was almost like two years I did that. And I printed it like about three months ago, right at the end of you know, four months. It was in the summer. And I had it all up in the wall and I couldn't get anybody to look at it. Really? You know, no, one, no one can come over. No one will come over. Oh, yeah, true, true. You know? But it was it was definitely like a. I don't know why why I did it, but I knew that it had to be like just a, who needs more street photography, right? Especially with like the Lee Friedlander. I mean, it was just basically taking his camera, putting it in, just doing it today. And I guess I modified it with the light. It's like if someone's within two feet of you walking by, the perspective perspectival velocity is so fast that even at a 500th of a second there's still going to be a little bit of blur so i was trying to really freeze things you got to deal with like flash and flash duration all that all that stuff and then it only works at a certain type of day if you want like maximum depth of field so it was always the same when the sun was in the peak at, at its apogee and it was there were all these it was i don't know man that was the most fun i've had like doing a side project you think you want to do some more of that, like street photography stuff that's kind of roaming around New York or kind of with, with the masks? And oh, like, yeah, not right now. Yeah. And it's just it's just too it's it's not like now it is changed that that was like while it was changing and it was like it was kind of still the best of old New York. And now it's I don't even it, it's almost too much for me. I mean, it's, my, it's, my one pet peeve now is um, pictures when people are holding their phones, which is everybody now. I fucking hate that in pictures, dude. I hate it, dude. It drives me nuts. Uh, it's it's one of those things. But have it, you seen Jeff Mermelstein's feed on Instagram? Oh, is that when he's like on the? He like sneaks pictures of people's text messages while oh, on the. God, it's so good. Uh, at it first, I was good. like, "Wait, is he like photoshopping? Or are these like real conversations?" I was like, "But I think it's it's all real." Like it's all real, man. He's creepy, dude. I don't know how he does that. Yeah, but- dude. <laughs> You know, it the the coffee the coffee joint on my corner, Joe. I met this kid. Um, fuck, what's his name? I don't know. He's the barista there, but he he hit me to this whole culture of these young street photographers, and they're all shooting film like with Leicas and Konicas. Oh yeah, you and, know um, Andre Wagner. You know his work at all? He's a New York guy. Yes. Yeah, so that's like one of the guys. That's like one of his friends. And Daniel Daniel Arnold, he's another guy who's out there doing it. He shoots like street photography, but his stuff is all flash. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there's some guys out there doing it. it they're really serious about it, you know. Oh it's, yeah, dude, they're like, uh, oh yeah, all like uh, all black and white. Like, yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, I think it's important to do that work. It's not going to look the way that like like all the, like the old school guys just because the way the world is now is different. Like we we're saying, like people dress different. They got their cell phones, but it's this. It's it's the same thing, but it's a new thing at the same time, I guess. And and there's something even they're not you know they know they're not getting it gonna have any kind of like monet they're not gonna sell these pictures they're not gonna get them printed in magazines yeah. it's not like what we were talking about like i want to get the cover and this they're strictly doing it purest for pure it's and that's you know that's something that for me i mean i, I can't wait to see that kid at the, at the coffee place it's just fuck it's, yeah dude it's like yeah i really I really appreciate that more than anything. Like when I like lucky, like talk to a lot of photographers doing this is like, I don't even care. Like if someone shot whatever, like cover or anything, but it's just the people that truly fucking love this shit, because there's definitely some people that, you know, the love fades away and that's fine. Like your life changes and you get into other stuff, but the people that are like this fucking diehards, man, I love that shit. It just gets me pumped. Like, you know, well, it's not a, it's not a, it's like kind of like a, do you, do you ever hear of a doctor just giving up being a doctor? It's like, you don't, I don't know, photography, you do it. You don't, you don't just stop. You know, it's, yeah. This is such an unbelievable way of going through the day. You know, it's like, I don't yeah. know what a gift to be able to, I don't, I don't know how people are going to make a living though from it. Yeah, that's yeah, dude. I need like a fucking side hustle, dude. I'm always doing random shit, man. Like a couple years ago, I was like, I don't know, at least for me, like in Boston, like this is the time of year where my business just starts to fucking lull. Like the winter time, holidays, New Year's. There's at least for me, there's usually never a lot of stuff going on, so I'm always just looking for a good side hustle around this time of the year. Sometimes. So what do you do? You do weddings or anything? I've done that shit. I did Postmates for a while. I'll just go deliver food or whatever. I don't care. Uh, worked like worked at Lowe's for a while, just like in the evenings from like six to ten p.m. Um, that was a few a while back, but yeah, whatever. Luckily this year I got some savings, so I don't. Hopefully I won't have to do it. <laughs> but it's just that grind, man. Just to hopefully just keep shooting photos and do whatever you got to do. You know. I mean, listen. The streets are a great place to find inspiration for sure because whatever's in your heart or in your whatever inside you, you can find it out on the street. If you really look at it, look for it. It's like, I, there's so much, it's like, it's like the ocean. You can just, it's infinite. And then there's a rhythm to it and you, whatever's in the back of your brain, mm -hmm. it's probably populating some of the streets that you walk on. You're just not noticing it. It's De definitely at least New York city. street. I don't know about, Massachusetts. I don't know where I don't know about that. Dude, you you like where I live, it's just like a little town, but I like it, man. It's a different I, I still get inspired by it. And I've actually been mm -hmm. making a point just walking around this like because even if you live in like a small town or wherever, you're just there's so much stuff you just walk by or drive by in your day to day, and you don't a lot of times don't slow down to really like think about it. Like, oh damn, right. this building has really been here forever, and this business has been here forever, and like uh that's my new thing. I'm trying to shoot like some stuff around my town. That's like the one thing, one thing I've been doing because I can't really travel anywhere right now. So that's where I'm trying to just figure out something. I don't even know what's going to be, but it's just been kind of wandering around. They shoot with the Hasselblad and this kind of, yeah, like almost like you were saying, just going out there and making a point of like this doing something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to find a hero somehow. I feel like that's, that's always my advice for 
people want to have a discussion about like how to make a book or something. I feel like, you know, if you look at the work of like knocked away or all those, those big, uh, like mag guys, they, in the end you have, a, you know, the monograph is just a picture of all these different pictures from worn, torn, I don't know, famine afflicted places. And it's the only consistent thread is the heroism of the photographer, but it's yeah. not like, how do you, for somebody to really be absorbed in a story, there has to be a hero yep. in your, you know, and it, I always thought like that, who, who was it? The country doctor, who, 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 Eugene Smith, yep. it, which was, I, they told me it was like the first photojournalistic story ever, still the, the strongest one. Do you remember those pictures of, of like the, no, I'll have to check that out it's the you know it's the greeks it's like it's the first one it's all there and Damn. it was it was total propaganda but it's you it, i mean have you seen the, the the documentary on eugene smith no i gotta the, check that the, out that's some he was living in a house that he set up with microphones and cameras and he was just a speed freak like inviting wow. in all the, all the greatest jazz musicians of that time and he was just compulsively recording it. And when he wasn't doing that, he was shooting out his window. That's fucking it's, crazy. Yeah. I think I got it, it right here. I got some of it right here. I'll pull it up. I think this is what you're talking about. One sec. Yes, that's that's it. Damn. But but keep keep you know, there I love that. Him after like some surgery in somebody's house. Fucking gnarly. He's got like a tube coming out of his back. Yeah, this shit's raw as fuck. Right? And it's all totally set up. Look at that picture, that one with the kid with the has been stepped on by a horse. That yeah. This one this stuff's all set up. It's all set. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I guess it's things would happen, but he would have all the lights set up. He would it, uh, it was he had a whole political agenda that they were they were trying to socialize medicine in a, in a sense. And this was his this was his argument against it. Like the country doctor was going to be made obsolete. Wow. Learn with a script. I mean, you know, it's, it's all there. It's, it's basically fake news. You know, all the stuff that we, we talk about now. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. This so, stuff don't change. It's still how it was. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know why, you know, photography so real that people think it sets the standard for authenticity. But whenever I was working on stuff, I had no problem changing things mm -hmm. the way they were to make it a more compelling picture. I, I was never hung up on like, oh, it's got to be real and it's got to, I don't know. Yeah. Deep uh, thoughts. It's pretty late, Alex. What time, what time is it? 10, 12. Yeah. No, I've been enjoying talking to you, man. I don't want to take up any more of your time if you got to go. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I can talk forever, Alex. All right, I'll, I got a couple more questions to you, and I'll let you go because okay. it is late. Okay. Um, uh, oh yeah, I, I had to ask about you. You got you photographed uh, Bill Clinton, but it was a really interesting picture. It was like he was like sitting on this white wall or something, and it looks like you kind of shot him like with like on camera flash. What what was kind of the scenario of photographing him? So that was just a job for. Um another like an art director who's another person that i worked with through the that I've work i work with through the years yeah. an austrian guy is super another mentor in a way who really 
directed my career in a, in a, in a lot of senses. And he sent me to Haiti uh, to photograph Bill Clinton and all the, I don't know, what do you call it? Uh, humanitarian work that Bill Clinton was doing there. And, you know, love Bill Clinton or hate, but, you know, of course we, he's, he is who he is, but the Haitians hated him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we were there and Sean Penn was there, like his, his understudy. And we were walking through malaria. You know, we shot the big, this sort of commercial cover. And then we were just there covering him as he was going through his like press junkets through malaria hospitals and everything. And yeah, man, I was just in with like the, what do they call it? The, the pit of paparazzis and everything yeah. and just fired that off. He, he didn't like me because I asked him, we had shot him next to a tree and I asked him if he would hug the tree. <laughs> and he just gave you like a dirty look or something? He, he was just like, get the fuck. <laughs> the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I'm a president, motherfucker. <laughs> uh. Oh, man. I remember he, you know, he, there was some, what was the problem? There was some kind of problem. One of the, one of those pictures he didn't like or something. And yeah. I don't know. He, he, he wanted his under armor, like insignia, like to not be retouched or we retouched it or there was some, some, something there that, but yeah, what a rock star, man. I mean, you know, with the helicopter coming in and Sean Penn and then just fucking... <laughs> what, uh, how, how do you, I mean, like, all right. Like, what have like been some of the most challenging shoots for you? Like when you look back, I mean, it's probably hard. Like, because you're dealing with all different types of personalities. Like when you look back, is there one that you kind of remember back and you're like, damn, that was, that was a tough day or just trying to like navigate through it. Or is there like one that kind of sticks out in mind you think? Hmm. No, man, they were all kind of fun. <laughs> That's the attitude, man. <laughs> No, how bad can it be? I mean, it's not like, you know, we're not breaking stones in the hot sun. True. But, but I think, you know, as the years progressed, the more, the more like sex and death kind of content, like just the fashion stuff got to be a little more like um, weighed heavier on me at the end of the day. You know, it's not for any, it's not because it was, it's just low vibration stuff, you know, where you're just selling, selling, you know, clothes and clothes and stuff with, with no reason and, and kind of just, nobody's, you're just lot, you know, it's like you go and you shoot in Paris and these places that have no, no ventilation, you know, it's still, you're in a studio with, there's no in or out with air. Mm -hmm. everybody's smoking and everybody is just hair and shoes and you're on the ground like you know just getting the perspective and it's just long i don't know and it's, and it's it's just nobody's happy you know it's you'd rather be at the port port authority bus station that's shooting people's like backsides and random shit right that's right man for sure but, right but you know anyway whatever that that stuff is good too the fashion stuff it definitely prepares you to there's fashion and even like even in pictures like the like the port authority fashion subtends everything it's the most surface you know the yeah. most external parts go the deepest 
don't know. Did you ever shoot? Did you ever shoot like a fashion? Not really. Uh, it's never really. I never got into fashion. I have this conversation with my buddy who's in New York and he loves the fashion work. And he's always telling me interview more fashion photographers. I'm just like, like, I don't, I don't know. It's never really like, like Avedon. I love Avedon's work, but his fashion stuff, I, I could care less. Like it just doesn't do anything for me. Right. But you know, I have to say, man, if you, if you look at, if you look at in the, in the American West and most of his pictures that he considered his art pictures yep. in the American West is a fashion study, man. You're the right. People- those are and and he definitely was in there tweaking it and styling it and was taking pictures around the you know all the accoutrement that was that was the thrust of that that photo estate was the the mode the you know the, the fashion of that time no that's i hey guys back i talked to my friend again i was like you know i'm gonna try to keep an open mind i'm gonna try to talk to some more fashion photographers that's my goal in the next year just to talk to some more people and get a better understanding of like why so many people enjoy it because it's like i think that's like a common like thing like people get into photography and they're like i want to be a fashion photographer it's like a it's it's right who you know it's so who wants to look at a fashion picture now nobody man it's some toxic like realm of of photography now it's it used to be this this you know the place it was almost higher than art it was like you you it was art but it was in involved in culture it was it was like the, it was the highest you could get and now it's just nobody wants to be involved in like a eight page editorial selling clothes people can't afford it just yeah, so seems- I can't, it's always like i mean i love esquire they have great photography but i can't relate to it. it's like check out this 1200 belt and i'm like dude I'm trying to right it's a not the diss on it yeah i'm just trying to like understand like more like why people are drawn to it but yeah it's just another that's another lane in photography and I got, I got to learn more about it, you know? Right. Right. It's, it's intense that, you know, just you go into, into that world and you, you don't realize it. You're really, when they say you're there to sell clothes, it's like you could have the most unbelievable moment and like everything's right. And the silhouette is wrong. Uh, on the clothing or it just and it's forget it yeah you got to throw it out yeah so it's an interesting it's an interesting way of uh, an interesting discipline for sure yeah and uh i guess last question to wrap up man uh what's next for you man anything you're kind of hoping to work on i know obviously it's a crazy year but hopefully things start to turn around but uh what's next for you man well i'm trying to to get my chops together on making prints because I feel like that that's that's something that I that's going to feel good for me and and also I think it's something that people are going to be interested in you know like buying prints and stuff like that so I'm just trying to figure out how to make those things special you know like do it in a special way rather than just some kind of Epson which isn't so bad either I didn't know but I, I don't know I'm trying I'm going into that right now Oh, you, you you make Epson Epson prints, right? Yeah, I just got my little Epson, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I had a darkroom in my garage for a while. I don't have it running right now, um, but yeah, it's been printing. I buy the Moab like uh, rag paper, and I, I, mm-hmm. enjoy it. I enjoy it. But yeah, the darkroom stuff's definitely way better. So maybe, maybe I don't know. It's like I'm trying to appreciate the Epson thing too right now. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any projects 
that are I'm, I'm, I want to continue taking pictures in the in the street of like with the backdrop set up. I just don't know if it's too cold for people. Is that too? Is it too cold for people to take pictures in the street? You mean like like literally like the temperature? Yeah. Oh fuck no, man! I'll be out there. I'm I'm still. I was outside today, man. It's like 50, 45 degrees. I don't. As long as it's not windy, man. I mean, that's when you probably get some cool pictures when it's shit's looking crazy. Right. I don't right. Know. Yeah, it's, it's New York City. People are on the street regardless if it's two degrees or fifty, right? It's, it's I guess but they got to stand still, and it's like it's not enjoyable. I don't know if it's enjoyable. I don't know. I don't know what that. Yeah, I tried it, so I, I'm gonna try that. Just I still like the street thing, you know. It's like nobody wants to be it. Go inside, so that's working in my favor, I guess. I like it, man. Well, you got me motivated. I'm I'm gonna channel my inner. Uh, Alexi and leave Freelander. I'm gonna fucking just start walking around town, getting to fucking work. It might all suck, but I'm gonna get to work. I'm gonna start making some more shit. Yeah, light bouncing off skin through glass onto silver. Right on. Well, I think that's a good point to end it. Uh, man, real pleasure talking to you, dude. I, I can't thank you enough. This is a real fun one. Thank you, Alex. It was really fun to do this. I never did this before. <laughs> Good, dude. Well, stay stay in touch, man. And if uh, this pandemic ever ends, I'll hit you up when I get to New York next time. Absolutely. Peace, man. Cool. All right. Later. Later. So there you have it. That was the Alexei High interview. Uh, just want to thank Alexei so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. I uh, really enjoyed talking to him. Just an uh, incredible photographer and has accomplished a lot and just... Uh, yeah, man, he's you can tell he loves photography from talking to him and knows the history of it and has a real appreciation for the craft, so I can't thank him enough. Uh, definitely go check out Alexei's website at alexeihigh.com and feel free to follow him on Instagram at alexeihigh. Uh, lots of cool photos he's been posting up there, this kind of projects and assignments, so definitely go give him a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Uh, so feel free to go to our YouTube page and hit subscribe. We'd much appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening and take care.